some mountain bikes on a mountain bike trail sweet a new a new uh new mountain bike trail for you alez yeah what's up in our nation uh alex alez aka the lawyer here i think we're uh on our way to to mulberry gap yeah boy little bear hody welcome my narnomies as alex likes to coin and trademark the nar nation uh, we are on episode 31 of the Narnomies MTV Cop Podcast. Welcome. I am your host, Josh. And yes, we have the lawyer joining us, which we were just talking about is practically a, uh, should probably practically be a co-host at this point. Uh, he's been on, I think, is your, you said fourth time, you think? I think so. I think this is number four, round four. Yeah, so this is... Uh, this is a, a big step. Yeah, you're rivaling Josiah and Shreddy as uh, getting in that co-host status. I gotta like get a badge or a patch or something when you hit a certain level of podcast. Yeah, I need to see some data analytics on listener counts and, and co-hosts and see where we rank. Yeah, I should do that actually. I think I do know that you're. I think you're the outside of the World Cup rider. I think you're the most listened to podcast for for one podcast but i gotta average it out over all the ones they've been on let's I guess. go baby <laughs> yeah yeah that's big my sick uh, social media followers you know when i when i uh retweet out the link you know that's right my followers follow honestly you probably have more followers than we do at this point <laughs> we're uh we're slowly climbing but uh yeah we're pretty bleak on the instagram followers section but the listeners have been way up so that's been really cool thank you Narnemis for listening. So yeah, so we are on our way to Bear Hody, uh, which I would argue is uh, some of the best, like traditional single track mountain bike riding in the state of Georgia. And it is, uh, I would also argue it's it's like one of the few places where you get the traditional real mountain biking, where you are climbing for a long time and you're descending for a long time and uh you are out in the sticks so i'm pretty excited because this is you know we do a lot of firsts here with with the lawyer and i feel like this is going to be your first what i put in quotes real mountain bike ride because you've done some rural like mountain bike rides out in south carolina and stuff like that but probably not ones where you climb for four to six straight miles and then descend for forever no definitely not i'm excited too um i'm interested to see what i think because so far like my favorite riding has tended to be like machine cut smooth but i kind of like the the idea of getting out and you know kind of getting to the roots of mountain biking getting out into the actual mountains to go mountain biking um something i thought was interesting uh i'm a i'm a type a i'm a planner so we planned this i was researching uh, and I was looking at Mountain Bike Project, the, the app, to check out the trail. And I noticed it's number two. It's rated the number two trail in Georgia. And number one was Blankets Creek. 
which I thought was somewhat interesting. But, uh, but yeah, so I guess this, you know, Blankets Creek, uh, isn't, you know, it's a, it's a trail system, but it's, I wouldn't call that like real mountain biking. And I guess this would. All right. So, uh, word to the wise, if, uh, you get a call that comes in and you're recording on your phone, it'll pause. So hopefully I don't get a lot of calls coming in. Uh, but Alex, you were just referring to Blankets Creek and yes, Blankets Creek is, well, I do know for a fact that it is the, they have trail counters at a lot of these trails and it's the most used mountain bike trail, most populated, most traveled in the state of Georgia. Um, but yeah, a lot of people like reference that as like one of the best because of the infrastructure and just ease to get to and, and the quality of trails. But yeah, that's where you left off. Yeah. So, uh, and, and. I guess uh, I guess if uh, Mulberry or Bear Hody is is ranked number two, uh, probably the, the number one or uh, you know real mountain biking trail in Georgia. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of I'm interested to see what it's like. Interested to see you know how I like it since it's so different uh, from anything that, that I've done before. So excited about it. I also don't know how Mountain Bike Project rates their trails if it's most used or if it's you know ratings, but. Uh, Anyway, excited to check it out. Yeah, so that'll it'll be a lot of fun. We got Shreddy joining us, and uh, we're gonna park. For those of you that know it or don't know it, um, it's good to park at the P2, um, which is where you end the trail. Um, there's like a little pull off, and uh, that way, when you end your ride on the probably one of the arguably the most fun downhills of the three sections, you're right at the car, and, and you're good to go. Um, but yeah, we're doing the traditional route, which is uh, you do the giant fire road climb uh, to start, which you can shuttle, but we're gonna pedal up it and then uh, hit up Bear. Uh, and we're gonna start, we're gonna go to the very top of Bear. So we have the fun little techie section at the beginning and then go into P1 and then P2. And uh, that should wrap it up. So yeah, I wanna talk more about uh, the you know to get your take on it and what you're feeling and, and also uh, more intricacies of the trail and what to expect but we'll uh, talk about what's been going on lately so I know you Alex have been doing much biking in the past couple weeks just because you went on a big uh, hunting trip how was that yeah good it's been uh, been a I think uh, just over a week since I last rode um, I, uh, I tried to ride last week, uh, if you remember, and I blew out the tire uh, at the Big Creek free ride area, which was interesting. Uh, so I had to get a new tire um, and, and uh, yeah, I had to go hunting, went, or had to go, I, I chose to go hunting up in Illinois um, at, at uh, my buddy's farm. It was an awesome experience, weather was crazy, but, uh, but yeah, um, got to do a little bit of hunting, got to put some meat in the freezer. Uh, and and good to be back on the bike this week. Yeah, and what'd you end up doing about the tire? Did you get the same one? Yeah, so it went with the same one. Um, uh, it, it pained me. Uh, it was literally the, I, I think it was like a manufacturer's defect or something uh, because it was my second ride on a Asagai uh, Double Down uh, Max Grip. Which is like yeah. the gnarliest, <laughs> most like hardcore protective tire you could probably buy on the market and uh yeah i don't know what happened the sidewall it, it honestly looked like it got cut there was like a like an eighth of an inch slice in the tire uh, and, and 
unfortunately the sealant didn't seal it up and, and uh, so I had to get a new tire. But uh, yeah, I went back with the same thing. Hopefully, hopefully uh, don't have the same result uh, on this ride. That would be pretty miserable. Um, but uh, yeah, went back with the Asa guy, 27 and a half by two and a half, uh, double down, max grip. So uh, we'll see how it rides. I will say this is the first time I've, I've uh, gotten a max grip tire and it's crazy. I mean, you can just feel, like if you touch the tire and compare that to uh, a Max Terra, um, which is, you know, I think kind of like their standard rubber compound, it's crazy how grippy it is. I'm interested to see kind of how it, how it lasts. to find out and hopefully it uh <laughs> you have better luck with the second one yeah um so yeah as for me uh did a little bit of uh chickpea which is good to do uh hadn't been there in a while that was interesting it was right after a rain and i was surprised i partly did it just because it was the only trail that was open uh and they always open sooner than everyone else and so i was curious to see what it was like and i get out to the lot and there's this old dude like old man river with a giant beard he looked like he was part of zz top or something and he was blowing off the parking lot and he came up to me because i was the only one there and he was like hey man you ever uh you've you done this before i was like yeah yeah i've done it a bunch and he was like it's probably pretty slippy out there and i was like yeah i'm surprised it's open and he uh he actually got on this like long talk around trail quality or how to make your trails um, kind of uh, protected from the water because you know I told him I said yeah uh, thanks for cleaning up the lot for us and he's like yeah I run the the, the Sorborg for up here and and the trails around Chickpea and uh, you talked to him about e-bikes <laughs> well actually I did uh, so first I started talking to him about blowing leaves and I was like yeah I, I uh, I went and blew all the trails. I felt in the giving spirit to blow all the trails up at Big Creek in the downhill lot. And he was like, oh man, did you, you hope you asked for permission. We don't like to do that around here. And I was like, well, yeah, I did. I, I, I texted the head of Rambo and asked him if it was cool. And he was like, yeah, he really wanted it done. But then it got me curious. I was like, what, what do you mean you don't want to blow off your trails around here? And he was like, well, we're old school guys that run this and we may have antiquated thoughts, but he was like, our belief is that when you blow the trails, uh, you're blowing a lot of the organic matter off the trail, the loam that helps it absorb water quicker, and you get more peanut butter and rain ruts and all that, and we like to leave the leaves, and he said, you'll notice the leaves are there, but they're very compact, so you can still see the trail, but, um, you know, the downside is it's still slippy riding on leaves, but the upside is, he says, we can open faster than anyone else because the leaves actually absorb the water and protect the trail from getting rutted out and uh it just works really well for them and funny enough i go and ride it and i realize that yeah their uh their whole trails are there was no mud and yeah i fell once because of the leaves but it was very clean trail and there were no like erosion issues or water holes and I was surprised at how well it drained and then it dawned on me I always talk about Simpson wood and how there's no trail work done out there but yet it rides really well off the rain and they also have leaves 
that, that aren't blown. So I think there's something there to it. I still am a believer in blowing leaves. If you have the trail crew to fix the trail, it's more fun to ride a trail without a bunch of leaves on it. But I see where they're coming from. Yeah. On that. Well, also, it, I think there's a difference in uh, uh, free ride, like downhill enduro trails versus cross-country trails. Right. And you don't want to be riding on wet leaves in Big Creek's free ride area. Right. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, XC trail, uh, sure. But I agree with you. I would much rather not ride on wet leaves uh, yeah, it may tear the trail up, but if you have the crew and the resources to maintain the trail, then... then So, I, I see those schools of thought on it. Yeah, for sure. And actually, so that that brings you to the next point, which you were saying is around e-bikes. So, I had to bring it up to him. I was like, man, I've been seeing this debate online of all these people, pretty 50-50 split on e-bikes versus not. What's your thoughts? And he just kind of, like, pleaded the fifth and was like, yeah, man, it's horrible. <laughs> He's like, I don't like the debate, and I just want everyone to get along and ride bikes. He said, truth be told, it doesn't matter any of our opinions. Uh, he says the land manager that doesn't like e-bikes there, and he rules the roost. So he think he's coming around to it. They started allowing e-bikes there for, like, like, the physically challenged or the people that have conditions, medical conditions, stuff like that, which is obviously hard to, like... How do they even enforce yeah, that? Yeah, how do they enforce that? But it's more of just, like, a thing they try to tell people... And then he said they're actively debating and working on voting on convincing the land manager to allow e-bikes. Uh, he didn't really shed his opinion. He just more said, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. And then I kind of opened it up to him that you're one of the few trails in the state that still doesn't allow them. And he was like, yeah, I hear you. Um, so I don't know. He uh, yeah, yeah. kind of kept the middle ground. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you notice when you're out there any signage? Like, Yes. They have big signs when you enter the trail that have an e-bike, like a bike with an electricity symbol, and yeah. it says cross through it. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I wonder I wonder then, like, the physically challenged, like, handicapped e-bike deal, like, how, I mean, is that, like, an unwritten rule? Like, how do people even know that? Okay. Yeah. So, um Anyways, that's interesting, but uh, yeah. So then we know where I fall on that debate. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do. Uh, So then we went to. I did a soap ride. Got to burn in Shreddy's new uh, short travel um, transition spur bike, and he just ride wrapped it himself. He said it was not as bad as he thought, but he definitely wasn't as particular as he. um, Maybe I'll pay him to do mine. Yeah, he, he. Yeah, I said the same thing. He's like. He's, he's like, it was kind of a pain. He had to take a bunch of stuff off, but he said he has some air bubbles, but they're hardly noticeable, and he was glad he saved 400 bucks. Um, but, yeah, we did the shakedown ride, and, of course, like any shakedown ride, we had to do a lot of stopping, a lot of adjusting of cockpit, of suspension. He still doesn't have it fully dialed in, but he really likes it. Um, and uh, we'll probably hear more about that experience on another podcast from him, but he... Uh, He's excited to put it to the real test today, so that'll be cool. It also rained a lot, uh, like I said earlier, down here, so got in some rock climbing. I actually took my kid uh, multiple times over the weekend, and she's hooked. She loved it. She flashed so many different walls and climbed the top of stuff that she was scared of, and now she's, like, fearless. Took a buddy of ours, um, Bailey, who we've heard on the, the engineer uh, or the mechanic 
on the uh, podcast, his kid, and we uh, took his daughter for the first time. She did awesome, too. So it just made me realize rock climbing is such a great activity and so much fun, especially when it's cold or wet, and great exercise. Like, I'm sore. So many parts of my body that I don't use. It just showed me, like, if I only bike, I really am not getting a full-body workout. And there's so much cross-training that can be done, and rock climbing was a really good way to to kind of do that so uh and then other than other than that uh not really trail riding related but I went to an event so Rambo put on a movie premiere of Nothing's for Free the new mountain bike movie about free ride at Gate City Brewery and that was really cool it was really cold and it was outside but uh they had heaters and we all bundled up and they had hot dogs from Costco and some chips and some beer and then we uh, they voted on the new board members and got them all in and then talked about updates and then we did a swap meet where everyone brought their gear used gear they wanted to trade or sell and then I set up a Narnemi's booth and sold some 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 merch and uh, yeah it was a lot of fun I one thing I did notice this is the sign of the times so there's some sweet stuff there there's a good bit of people there and a lot of guys brought like some were like brand new gear that they just won at a race and they just maybe didn't fit them or you know whatever it wasn't their style and so they had like gloves hats uh pedals uh brakes bars full bikes uh frames tires wheels like everything and like i said some was used some wasn't even new um and the prices were insane these people were asked for like so cheap like brand new takeoff tires maybe been ridden a couple times ask a guy double down dhr dhf like 20 bucks a pop 100 percent goggles 20 bucks uh like pedals 15 bucks just unbelievable deals and the funniest part the reason why I say it shows the sign of the times is all these people came and maybe people would bring this huge table of stuff and they would maybe sell or trade one thing and then they'd have to pack up everything back in their bin and take it back and it just showed me that everyone was there to sell and no one was there to buy yeah <laughs> because you know it's a buyer's market it's a buyer's market but no one's buying because everyone's trying to save their money and they want to liquidate their stuff so that was pretty interesting to see um and it's kind of unfortunate because like i was in the same boat i was like look i just bought new carbon wheels i'm not buying any mountain bike stuff anytime soon and but yet these deals were so tempting i didn't i bought the goggles because i needed another pair but that was about it i wanted to buy like a ton of tires i wanted to buy these grips all these different stuff but i had to hold myself off because i was like i just can't spend any more money yeah so it's uh it's crazy but um yeah so that was interesting to witness yeah how was the did you watch the movie and all that? i did i didn't i didn't stay the whole time i had to leave to get home yeah. but i watched like a good portion of it i actually seen it before because they did a um, they announced a free 24-hour streaming of the movie via outside uh and i took advantage of that when it came out but now it's behind a paywall, so yeah. most people haven't seen it. I saw it. It's a great movie. It's uh, interviews. It's like a documentary, starting with like the first guy to do free ride, 
and then how it evolved over the years and it interviews all the pros and it's it's really interesting to hear the stories so yeah I highly recommend it but I think you got to pay for it um so yeah check that out while we're on the topic of movies one of the in my in my opinion one of the most entertaining mountain bike movies came out uh, as well it is free it's on youtube called atmospheric river rats 2 um I shared it on their group text. Did you happen to watch it? No. I yeah, it. it is so good. It's not like the best, you know, edit like hardcore shredding or like prose or anything like that. It's just entertaining, relatable for a regular rider, and just super fun to watch. It just, uh, it's basically like a group of guys, kind of like our group, but they're a little bit better riders, and they are out in Bellingham, Washington, and they just, good old boys, having a good time, uh, shredding the trails out there, and it's funny, they have a lot of funny clips, it's raw, it's got great music, uh, the guy that directed and produced it is from Pink Bike Academy, and he's now a sponsored rider, but they are all like none of them are hardcore pros and they're just really funny dudes and fun to watch so yeah go check out atmospheric river rats too the first one they put out a couple years ago is also good um but i think this one's better so there's atmospheric river rats one and then two so that's uh, something else to check out and then uh another talking points i so my bike's uh, we've already talked about the fact that I am getting carbon wheels because my wheel cracked on uh, one of my Ibis and luckily the wheel that was cracked on my Alchemy was warrantied so I got that done but as soon as I got that done I go out to Soap and realize or Chickpea and realize that my short travel uh, the suspension's blown completely clapped out so like my front and rear literally maybe I just noticed it that day or it happened the same day but I got one and rear yes I I and there are two different issues so I've ridden this bike now since new for a year I put 20 well a little over a year I put 2200 miles on it and it has brand new Fox factory uh suspension um the rear is a float x kashima and the fork was spewing oil out of both stanchions in the front well you don't service it you haven't serviced i've it. never serviced yeah, it so, so so but that just kind of shows you like you get a year and 2200 miles out of that suspension and the rear isn't holding air so like i'll fill it up to normal psi i ride at and it'll lose like 40 psi in two hours Shit. What, um, what bike did you bring today? So I brought the Ibis today because this is essentially the lesser of two evils. I was like, do I ride a lightly cracked rim with some loose spokes or do I ride clapped out suspension? And I talked to the bike doctor and got their suggestion and they were like, your rim has been holding pretty good cracked for a year and those spokes are loose, but they're holding tight. I would take that. So it's going to be a struggle on the climbs today, but it'll be fun on the downhills. Um, what do you and, think the perfect bike is for this? Um, honestly, I think it's like a short travel down country bike, like your tall boy, my alchemy, uh, Trent's like spur. Yeah. 
I mean, you would want more on like bare and maybe some some down, certain downhill sections, but just for overall like the amount of pedaling you're doing, I would prefer like a lighter down country short travel trail bike. Um, there's never a perfect bike, right? It's all yeah. based on the different sections of the trail and scenario, but um, but yeah. So interesting. So that tells me it's not super chunky. The no. beginning, the beginning is is pretty chunky, but then it flows out. You're gonna be happy. It, it gets real flowy, uh, especially mid and end. Um, so yeah, I think you're gonna like it. But uh, the beginning, the bear is definitely chunky um, and steep. But yeah, so I'm kind of gonna gimp it along. Hopefully, it'll hold true. Um, I, I hope to get my wheels next week, so I'm just trying to hold everything together, and then I'll send my uh, fork and shock back to Fox to get a full rebuild front and rear, um, which will be a nice ding to the wallet. But you know how much that runs? Yeah, so it's all in with shipping, everything for both, like 400 bucks. So essentially 200 bucks a. Yeah. Uh, a suspension piece, but uh, and I shopped it around too. I actually went. There's some there some local shops. Yeah, there? there's some local shops that do it. They were actually more expensive. Um, and I have two bikes, so that helps. I don't have to, you know, even if it takes a week or two, I can yeah. get by. So, yep, that's the uh, the gear update on my side. Um, other random news. This is just something I've noticed. Uh, have you noticed, and maybe I'm late to the game, but so, you know, we talk about trail rigs, like cars people take to the bike trails, and Toyotas are obviously really popular, but then Jeeps are pretty popular, and everyone ha on, that drives these Jeep Wranglers has rubber duckies all over their dash. Yeah, that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, actually, I started noticing, and I was like, what is going on? And then someone explained it to me. Do you yeah. understand the concept behind you, it? Yeah, you can... Um well, you can explain it. My understanding is, like, if you see a Jeep you like or something, you throw a rubber ducky on it. Yeah, and it's kind of a cool thing, like a compliment, and everyone collects these ducks. It, it can kind of look a little ridiculous when people have, like, 50 of them on their dash, but... So I think we need to come up with a, uh, like, either a Narnemies trail rig or, like, maybe a... For me, because I have a lot of friends that drive Toyotas, like a Toyota one. It should be, like, we get, like, little rubber Yodas... Like, you know, from Star Wars. You could do that. You can see if it uh, takes off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I actually, speaking of Jeeps, when I went to Illinois, uh, I rented a Jeep Wrangler. Um, and it was, uh, I haven't ridden a Wrangler in years. My brother used to have one in high school. But uh, it was a brand new, like, Rubicon. Uh, and it was their hybrid, uh, I didn't, which I didn't know Jeep made, like, electric. It's like a plug-in electric hybrid Wrangler. And it was pretty fun to drive. Man, that thing rides like shit. And it's like 50 grand, 60 grand for one of those. And I was like, I mean, you got to really like Jeeps, I guess, to, to be into that. Uh, drop 50 grand on a Wrangler that rides like shit on the highway. But yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they're capable. But uh, no rubber duckies on my Jeep. Yeah. So. I, uh, we're going to have to think of some good trend for the, for the Yoda people. Um. I get a question a lot that I feel like I need to address, and I think I addressed it early on in one of the early podcasts, but people always ask me, where does Narnomies come from? And I feel like I need to address that. So uh, 
years ago when I was getting back into biking, I kind of got obsessive with it and have been ever since, but we have this group chain and Josiah was always amazed at how much I rode and he would call me the Nar Hobbit and always trying to search out gnarly trails and this is during COVID and it was when I was basically trying to like bucket list all the trails around Georgia and check them off and he was like man Nar Hobbit's at it again on Strava and I always thought it was a cool name and I looked it up and it's trademarked by J.R. Tolkien uh, that group and so I couldn't use that name if I wanted to do anything with it so what is trademark the Hobbit or Nar Hobbit no Hobbit yeah so anything with Hobbit in it you can't use and uh, so I thought of my uh, what is similar and I was like oh no like you see gnomes on the trail like yeah. people talk about yard gnomes lawn gnomes trail gnomes and I love gnomes I just my grandma had them and I thought they were so cool in her yard and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, and it just fits with Gnar. Yeah, it fits it. It flows. So Gnar Gnome. And, uh, and then the group of us, you know, we always said our homies. And I was like, oh, Gnomies. Uh, works well. So that's that's the story on the Gnar Gnomies. And then it started off with like, oh, yeah, we'll create a brand, apparel, and podcasts, and all that good stuff. But that's uh, that's kind of where it came from. It stuck. So There you go. That's the story. History. History in the making. Tell our kids one day. That's right. If they ever listen to this, we're long gone. Uh, the only other talking point I really had was, it's just super random, but it's one that I've noticed, uh, especially like meeting new people. The, 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 the connection you get with people biking, and I don't know if you noticed this, Alex, is unparalleled. Like the, the vulnerability you're at when you're biking, you're sweating, you're smelly, and you're struggling and you're with like random people and you, like the conversations you have you just can't have like when you're just meeting them in other situations yeah i think it's pretty unparalleled it's pretty cool yeah i would agree like I, uh, a lot of times I, I i ride solo most of the time uh and and you know aside from you and, and our group of you know the narnomies crew uh i don't have a you know friends that are into mountain biking so you know, if I'm ever not, you know, riding in Atlanta during the week, I'm usually riding by myself. And I will say, like, pretty much 100% of the time, if not 180% of the time, when I'm riding out in a new trail, I run into somebody and end up either riding with them or having a long conversation with them. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a time, you know, that uh, I've ridden a, a new trail outside of Atlanta that I haven't run into somebody and had a long conversation with. Um, you know, I, since I was on here last, I think I, I told you I was going to Nashville, and um, uh, last time I was on, I was going to Nashville for Thanksgiving, uh, and was gonna bring my bike and check out some new trails there. And uh, I went to a new place called Cedar Hill, uh, which I've come to find out is basically the place to ride in Nashville. Uh, it, it's very well maintained. Um, they've got, you know, you know, eight or nine miles of XC trails, and then uh, three or four uh, downhill, like free ride trails. Uh, one of which was extraordinarily gnarly and in touch. Um, you know, it's all you know, wood features, wood gaps, mandatory gaps, big giant like 20 foot gaps. It's insane. But uh, when I was out there, uh, 
I went out two days. First day, I met, you know, some kid that, like, you know, was out there doing trail maintenance and, you know, struck up a conversation with him. The next day, I was out there. I met some guy on the, the free ride trails that, uh, you know, had just lost King of the Mountain on one of them and was just lapping it, trying to get it back, and ended up riding with him and having great conversations. Uh, I remember, you know, when I was riding up in Clemson at Issaquina Trails, I was 10 miles back and ran into some guy that uh, was from Florida who was up on vacation and had the same bike as me and was like, hey, you know, we're back here in the woods. We're both new here. You want to ride together? Ended up riding with him for like an hour. So I think uh, I agree with you. I don't know if it's the vulnerability or the fact that, uh, you know, the mountain biking community, like people tend to be pretty similar and tend to be pretty friendly and, and welcoming. Uh, but it definitely is a cool community. And, you know, I feel like, you're never really a stranger, even if you're in a, a new trail system or a, a new place. So I, I definitely think it's a cool community. Yeah, I've made so many good friends, and I feel like you get to this deeper level of conversation. You get past the small talk, and you talk about all sorts of random stuff when you're suffering, and you just life and everything. So I don't know. I'm just suggesting it because it's really great for mental health, and uh, I think people would be surprised if you're listening and you don't do it much. Um, how uh, how you can really develop some cool relationships while you're pedaling and having some pretty awesome conversations. So, yeah, so that is that. Uh, we are getting close, and I need to start paying attention to my GPS to figure out how to get there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I we'll think... We'll do the old check-in after the ride. Yeah, we'll do the old check-in after the ride. I mean, I think we've kind of talked about it. We're, I think you watch some videos you kind of know what to expect a little bit and it'll be cool for you to experience this um full-on bear hody ride so we'll be right back all right nar gnomes what up nar nation we're back from our bear hody ride and uh it was a great success yeah we all came back all our limbs uh bikes intact you know, no missing derailers. Uh, uh, your wheel survived. Yeah, I'd say all in all, great time. So, and we made great time. We did. We were hustling. We were booking it because we had some time schedules to work with. So, yeah, let's start with the beginning. So we get there and uh, we park at the bottom of P two, pull up. Tra past Shreddy on the way up. Slow, yeah. Slow driver Shreddy. Yeah, past slow driver Shreddy. He, he can says bike, bike faster than he drives. He says it's his car won't go faster, but I just think he's no. It's a forerunner. Yeah. He's fine. He's like I think he just. It's a cautious driver. Cautious driver. That's but okay. uh, yeah, we smoked him in the V8 Land Cruiser, and uh, <clears throat> we get there a little bit before him, start getting ready, and then Trent pulls up not far behind us. So, uh, what was going through your head? We are getting prepared. You know, it was kind of, uh, on the way up, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, new trail and uh, big trail, probably the most elevation I've, I've ever done. Probably not the most distance, but certainly the most elevation. And uh, didn't know what I was getting myself into. So, you know, those nerves were going, but... Um, I don't want to speak disparagingly about the Brethren, but it seems to be a popular Brethren ride, and I think I've ridden some some gnarlier stuff. So, like from a technical aspect, I I felt like I could handle it, uh, but just didn't know elevation wise and distance wise what it was going to be like. Um, 
So just some nerves with that, but uh, uh, and it was cold, you know, some nerves around. Am I going to dress properly? Do I have enough water? Do I have enough food? All the, all the normal things. But uh, you know, now that I have that under my belt, that was pretty nice to know. And you know, next time I can gauge. I know what I need to bring and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, and we we got on the rigs and hit the gravel road, the fire road, which is the uh, the climb up and. It's really cool during the winter. I, I typically ride during the spring, summer, and fall. I don't. I haven't really. I've only ridden it three times. I don't think any time was winter that I can remember. But I just notice a lot more. Like you could see a lot of the homes, some beautiful homes, some new ones been built up. Really cool places along the road. Uh, I can't the, imagine that'd be so sick to live in one of those houses and literally have you know one of the best trails in Georgia outside your front door. Oh yeah. It was awesome. awesome. We saw one gravel biker, um, and then we kind of did the fire road. And I have to admit, like, that was a lot shorter of a fire road climb than I remember. Um, and we stopped at the waterfall, which is pretty cool, which I've actually never stopped at because I always thought it was farther back. But it's, like, right off the road. But because normally I'm riding where there's a lot of leaves on the trees, you can't even see it. Uh, so to stop and took a look at that. There was a lady reading a book on the bench near the uh, near there, and then we went up to the overlook. And man, unbelievable view up there! And Shreddy did a poser pick and dropped his bike on a brand new carbon frame on the rock. But I think he said crisis averted, nothing cracked or scratched or anything. Um, yeah, what did you think of that fire road? Uh, it was pretty miserable. I mean, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so I was on my e-bike, so it was, uh, you know, from a from a endurance standpoint, it wasn't miserable, but it was just, you know, kind of boring. I guess you could get into the... I didn't have music going, which I normally do, so that was part of it, too. I could see how you just kind of get in the zone, get tunnel vision, and just keep climbing. But it was long. I mean, I think it's from, the, from our cars to the top of the climb, it was maybe like uh, six to seven miles, I think. And... Uh, Hey, you know. side note, by the way, can you put Chick-fil-A, that, that place in your GPS? Because I, yeah. uh, yeah. I don't have it in mine. And, uh, you got it. Well, the traffic is looking yeah. horrendous. It's taking us all back roads, so I don't want to miss that. Yeah, you got it. So, so, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, sorry, folks. I, I, that was our sponsor, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick, Chick-fil-A sponsoring this podcast, uh, and I'm hoping that they've been watching over my car that's sitting in their parking lot <laughs> since 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, so we'll find out. But, uh, but yeah, uh, long climb, and I think basically half the elevation of the of the trip is on that climb. So just long and arduous. Um, not to play spoiler alert, but uh, you know I know you can shuttle that trail, and I think uh, you know this this is anti Shreddy will, will not appreciate this comment, but neither will a I, lot of the brethren. Yeah, I think that like all right, so if the goal is to have fun. Uh, for me, I would rather I would rather shuttle it and do the trails twice. And I think you could do the trail twice in the same amount of time as it takes you to do that climb and the rest of the trail. Because that climb took us an hour, and the rest of the trail took us an hour and a half uh, to get back to the cars. Yeah, so, and the other thing that's fun to do is to shuttle it, do the trail once, and then go do P3 out and back. Yeah. And that's cool, too. So, uh, you know, again, different strokes for different folks, but, um, 
I would, uh, if it were me, uh, and was just up here with some buddies, I'd want to do it twice and shuttle it. But I will, I will say, I mean, I, I wouldn't have any qualms about doing it again and not shuttling it. It was fine. Yeah. So we went and stopped, looked at the overlook. We didn't really stop long. We didn't really stop much at all this trip. Uh, yeah, of, we did it. We did it uh, from from leaving the car to back to the car was two less than two and a half hours. Yeah, so we were moving. Yeah, I definitely uh, got a lot of PRs. I was hustling uh, on this ride, and Trent had a really time time schedule. So we get to the top, and we go to the top of Bear and unlock the suspension and get ready for some fun downhill. And it was. Uh, it was uh, pretty. It was pretty good conditions. I mean, it's leafy, but the rain kind of subsided mostly. There were some slick parts. On, bear was wet. Yeah, bear was slick, but the rest was pretty good conditions. And yeah, we go down bear, and unfortunately, there's a lot of blowdowns on on bear, so we did have to hop over some trees or pick up our bikes a few times, which kind of messed with the flow, but. Um, pretty chunky too bears gotten pretty washed out but i like the chunk and i thought it was a lot of fun and uh, the creek crossings weren't too deep so that was good and got through those pretty unscathed um bear was probably my least favorite but i think it was because it was wet and uh the trees were down so it was uh it was uh you kind of couldn't get into the flow zone except for that one double track section which was pretty fun you could bomb that uh, yeah, yeah. There were some some tight turns, switchbacks, and but we had fun on that. And then we <clears throat> did uh, went to P one, and that climb. Like, here's one thing. I mentioned the fire road shorter than I remember. The climbs on the actual trails are longer than I remember, and there's a lot more of them throughout that I just didn't really. Uh, I guess blocked out of my memory and it was brutal like that p1 climb really brutal um pedaled up all of it and i mean didn't have any issues but just golly it was all wet me. too yeah there's some wet roots yeah trent slipped and fell climbing uh on a wet route um and yeah so went up to the top of p1 and then went down that and that one definitely is tight there's definitely you notice a lot more exposure with the leaves gone and uh it was fast though and i think you said that was your favorite yeah surprisingly um surprisingly that was my favorite it was you know it was not super steep but there was some tech and uh once you got over the fact that you got a cliff next to you uh just kind of tunnel vision on the trail i thought that was the most fun um it was, it, I think it was probably the steepest out of the three, out of Bear, B1 and B2. And that may have been why I liked it, just because it was a little steeper than, than the other stuff, um, which is odd for me to say. Usually I don't like that, but that was the most fun. And, and P2 was fun, uh, but, you know, my forearms were, were gassed. And I think that's why, um, you know, just the long, not quite as steep, the long, kind of arduous, uh, uh, descent was was fun, but I just like P1 better. I think because it was steeper. Yeah, we uh, we were 
Holland, when we got to P1 or P2, uh, we saw the Brethren sticker and I realized on the ride that I forgot my Narnemi stickers. I was really pissed, so I couldn't leave my mark there. Uh, we found a pack of cigarettes at the uh, <laughs> at the top of P2. Uh, Your comment on that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure it was like a full near full pack, and I'm pretty sure the guy decided to quit smoking when he got to uh, top that climb P2 off that climb and uh, and left them there as a memento. So um, yeah, there were some some camel crushes, and uh, then we yeah we did P2, and that was my personal favorite. I just so fast, so long. Yeah, definitely gassed, but man, that's a flowy trail. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we got to the bottom record time. Uh, everyone kind of made it together as a group. Uh, I will say it was kind of interesting. Like, you obviously on the climbs, no one could keep up with the e-bike. Even Trent, I mean, he kept up pretty well on some sections, but it's, uh, yeah. it definitely felt more like a solo ride to me because on the climbs, I was in the back, Trent was in the middle, you were in the front, and then on the downhills, Trent was in the front, I was in the middle, you were in the back, just because it's your first time, you didn't know it was coming, um, and, uh, but it was still, I mean, a blast. Oh, I forgot to say, we also stopped at the, uh, the big tree, you gave yeah. the big tree a hug. Yeah, got my tree hugger photo. That thing is massive. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, the only thing that comes close to that is trees out west, you know, up in the Sequoia National Forest and stuff, and, Trees like that are a dime a dozen out there, but I've never seen anything like that in Georgia. It's pretty cool. I wonder how much longer that thing's going to last out there yeah. before it falls. Especially, I mean, it's kind of shitty, all the people that carved their initials and stuff in it. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if that little railing post has always been there. Yeah, go carve your initials in that. Don't carve it in that tree. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Hopefully that tree survives another 100 years. Yeah, we only saw one other mountain biker. It was an e-biker actually going the opposite direction. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I guess he was working on his climbing. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, that seems like a pretty one-directional trail. It, it, most people do it one direction, yeah, yeah, unless they're hiking. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention, we also did, on the, on the way to that gravel fire road, we did go by Mulberry and did their little side-hit trail. It was pretty fun. And uh, we got to hit some berms, and they have it pretty flowy down there. Yeah. That skills park area. I didn't realize I was part of Mulberry. I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. Who maintains this? There's like tables. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, we got down to the end. Trent had to get back for something, so he split off. And Alex and I went to Mulberry, showed him around Mulberry. It was a ghost town because we didn't realize they closed during this time of the season, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, unfortunately, Alex couldn't get his swag, but yeah. uh, we were able to leave our mark, the Narnami sticker, on the Mulberry fridge in the uh, cafeteria, so check out that. And um, yeah, For any of you EV drivers, they apparently have charging stations there, um, so that's good to know. Any of you out there rock the EVs. Yeah, if you're fully electric on all ends, like Alex, yeah. they're very friendly for that. And then we uh, quickly, on our way home, stopped in LJ at uh, the rooftop, which was an awesome little rooftop bar and uh, eatery. Got some meatloaf sandwiches and fries, and yeah, that's pretty good. A little cold one, and um, called it a day. 
Yeah, so, uh, and for anybody, one of the stress points for me uh, in bringing the e-bike was, you know, what's the battery going to do? Uh, for any listeners out there that, that have the e-bike, uh, you know, I have a Heckler. It's got the 730 kilowatt hour battery, I think. Uh, it was, to me, after doing it, it is a uh, ride in trail mode, you know, medium mode, uh, the whole way, and you can make it. Uh, I started out on Eco and switched it to trail during the, the climb up. And I think it ended with like 10 miles. Um, so uh, definitely, I think if I did it again, you could you could rock and trail the whole way. Or if you wanted to get a little risky, I guess you could, you could maybe boost, uh, go turbo mode uh, for some of the climbs and try and balance it out with some eco. But uh, yeah, next time, uh, if I go again, I'll probably just trail it the whole time. Unless I'm with you guys. Yeah. Non-e-bikers. Yeah. So for bikers. for us non-e-bikers, uh, you're pretty much in boost mode the entire time, uh, like I did today, and you're dying. No, but for real, definitely pace yourself. I forgot how so many climbs are between bear P1, P2. There's a lot in there after you do the big climb. So yeah, the the fire roads in between really kind of kill the vibe. You know. Yeah, that was your biggest complaint. Yeah, my biggest complaint was just the fire roads. I mean. Be, I, I would prefer to be climbing on single track, uh, but I get it. It's a lot easier to climb on those, and you got to be able to get to the fun stuff. But well, and we, we don't have e-bikes, so we don't yeah. always complain about the fire roads when we have a little reprieve. This is, true. this is true. But I mean, honestly, hats off to Trent and Josh. Uh, you know, it's to me and anybody else that doesn't ride an e-bike out there. Um, you know, it is pretty impressive. Uh, how they were able to, to keep up, especially you know on the uphills. Uh, if I was if I was just kind of cruising along, they were cruising along with me. So uh, hats off to you guys. I guess riding five days a week pays off. Yeah, for sure. I felt pretty good. I got good sleep last night. I felt pretty rested. So overall, I felt pretty good. I think my my I need a new saddle. That saddle's used. I got. And it just feels worn out. I think my bum was the. Uh, the culprit a little bit of back because I don't normally wear a camelback and I had a full camelback so that also affected me but overall conditioning wise I felt pretty good um, on that ride overall so yeah I think at the end of the ride we you know Trent had a bet and he said this would be your favorite ride ever you've done and I told him no I said my prediction is he's gonna say Jared's is way more fun and uh, what'd you say at the end of the ride yeah so you know now knowing that, I may change my answer, but uh, but Jared's to me is more fun. Like it is nonstop fun at Jared's. Uh, this was the most fun mountain bike ride that I've ever done. That's not like a bike park. So uh, I, I'll give you both credit. It's a wash. Um, if I'm just if I'm not going to a bike park, that was the most fun ride I've ever done. Um, if I'm you know if it was a choice between going to Jared's and going there. Jared's is, is more fun to me um, and you know it's more technical it's steeper um, and, and you get to me you get going a lot faster than you do here uh, but in terms of a, a mountain bike ride um, this would be awesome and like I said I, I don't think I could go to Jared's like every week I think I'd, it'd kind of burn out on me uh, or I'd burn out on it um, this I feel like I could do every week uh, so it's just different um, but, uh, but I'll give you both uh, I, I call it a tie 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so I think this just really leaves for you, in my mind, outside of Pisgah, we got to take, you got to do Pine, you got to do Stanley, you got to do Bull, Jake Bull, Ball, and uh, Coldwater. And Windrock. And Windrock. And I think you're, like those five, I think once we get through those, you'll have a good... Be able to check the boxes. Yeah, you'll have a good, like, best of the Southeast kind of feeling, Yeah, I feel like. So well, it looks like I think Trent's trying to plan a, a Pisgah trip beginning of next year. So yeah. maybe check that that box and uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Father's Day weekend next year we can sneak away for a, for a night and go hit up uh, Windrock or you know Stanley or something. Yeah, that would be good. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, the pride report. Anything we missed? I don't think so. That's pretty, I mean, good good, good thing, but pretty uneventful ride in terms of no crashes, no... Trent had no one crash, issues. but it was yeah. slow speed up climbing. I don't think he can clip out fast enough. Yeah. Uh, I had some sketchy moments, for sure, some sl- slippy slidey, but, yeah, the bike held together. I'll tell you, I really wished I had the alchemy on those climbs, but I really was glad to have the Ritmo on the descents, because... Yeah. It's definitely chunkier than I remember, and uh, it's fast, and I liked having that extra suspension. Uh, but yeah, the climbing with the Ritmo was not ideal. But were you locking everything out? For the yeah, for the fire roads. Now for the the interesting part, I like the climbing on the Ritmo for the tech single track climbing because it has it has much more traction. Even though it's a heavier bike, it, it has a bunch more traction. Actually, this is something interesting I didn't mention. I had in my notes was I weighed my two bikes when I was at the bike shop and my alchemy is 31 pounds uh, which I kind of knew was around that um, my uh, Ritmo is 35.5 and I remember my Ritmo when I weighed it being 37 so Ritmo is actually lighter than I thought. I, there's only a four pound discrepancy between yeah. bikes, which isn't crazy. And then when I get these carbon wheels, that should help a lot too. And that's aluminum. Uh, yeah. Aluminum. So the 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 yeah, it's aluminum. Now I will say my Alchemy has not the proper tires on it. It has some downhill tires, yeah. and I need to put some more XC tires on my next round, and that'll lighten it up a lot. That's what I want to do on my tall boy. Yeah. Just kind of lighten that thing up, but. Um, the Ritmo is uh, it's lighter than I thought, but it definitely feels heavier because yeah, the Alchemy's carbon and the Ritmo's aluminum. So I don't know. Um, so this was also, I guess I'll, I'll bring this up. Uh, this was like my first ride on the Mullet that wasn't in like Soap or Big Creek, and uh, I could definitely tell a difference um, on the climbing. I couldn't tell a difference. I don't know if that's just because you know it's on an e-bike, but on the descending, you can get way lower. And on those tight switchbacks, you can move that bike around. Yeah, you were hitting easy. those switchbacks on bare better than I was. Yeah, the uh, you know I, I hit both of them. I had to put a foot down on that last last one because um, I just took a bad line. But uh, yeah, it, uh, mullet. I'm I'm a, I'm all in on the mullet. It was uh, it was much more maneuverable and uh, you know I guess playful or as playful as you could be for a big old long travel bike. Yeah, I think Trent also with his new bike was happy with the spur. I think the only adjustments he said he was going to make were uh, adding tokens to the 
our bigger token to the rear shock and uh, I think he was bottoming out a little bit and then uh, switching out his saddle transition puts this goofy like long duck dong saddle like it's huge I have, um, I have a saddle like that on my tall boy I like it oh it looks so uncomfortable to me it looks like it get in the way of a lot of things but <laughs> uh, and then he also mentioned he was going to adjust the positioning get it more slid forward tighter cockpit but overall good ride for him and not too many adjustments he has to do which is good so and nothing nothing new on your bike for this ride same old same old yeah same old same old there's a lot of sealant on the rear tire which means i've probably got some leaks going on but uh yeah i mean it held together the spoke's pretty loose that crack looks like it's getting bigger but i just got to hold off till next week hopefully the wheels will arrive and i'll be good to go and then i can ship my other bike off to get shock service and the fork and should be good to go and have the two bikes ready to rock for the for the year new year well uh we're coming coming up to the end of the year you got any rides left uh, what's next what's next for the now yeah so i think that i heard there's rumor there will be maybe another jared's ride coming with a group of some of the brethren uh, and Oh, there's a. I saw in the Slack thread that some guys want to do either Stanley or Bull uh, before the right before Christmas. Which for me, it'll probably favor a Bull because it's a lot closer. Uh, if I have a choice, that weekend before Christmas, yeah, Friday um, or Saturday, yeah. And then uh, and then that's pretty much it until I'm, I'm going to North Carolina over after Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so I'll probably bring my bike and see family and try to sneak away for some San Lee uh, crazy bike park fun place pedal up and they have XE trails um, I want to hit that up they've done a lot of work out there and I haven't been there in a while so and that should wrap up the year I'm trying to trying to get 3,000 miles a single track and I'm pretty close I'm at 2,800 28 something wow. so uh, yeah it'd be my record but uh, we'll see well uh so you're saying you got 200 miles to do in three weeks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tall order. But yeah. you get some of those bike parks in there like Jared's, you can break yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah, that's 70 miles a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I've been hitting that lately, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. What about you? Anything? Anything? No, headed to Nashville this weekend. I'll, I'll probably bring the bike and go hit up Cedar Hill. Uh, uh, you know, at least once while I'm there. And other than that, you know, hopefully if you guys do a ride, I'll, I'm going to try and take the week between Christmas and New Year's off or only work a day or two. So uh, I've lots of time to ride in there. And uh, if you guys, I've never rid, ridden with the Brethren. I don't know if they'll have me in, in a motor on Oh, ride. they would love to have you. They're, <laughs> honestly, they, they talk a big talk, but when it comes to their great guys, they welcome you with open arms they would definitely do some shit talking but they yeah. would welcome you with open arms and be all in love yeah <laughs> well uh yeah hopefully hopefully get to check another big ride off the box if we if they go do stanley or, or bull or something so yeah that's it cool well as always my fellow narnemies and as the lawyer says the nar nation go out and search for your ultimate narvana now get peace. Fire on the mountain. Fire on the mountain.
Thank you.